Is talk of a shadow government just nonsensical conspiracy theory, or is it rooted in fact, not fiction? We'll talk about that and more. It is a big idea, a new world order, a world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. We needed a new world order. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international order. The beginning of a new international order. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. I think its task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. It's about the future of Europe and a new world order. There's a need for a new world order. We are now facing a common challenge. And the challenge is how to build a world order for the first time in history on a global basis. So, in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, a new world is emerging. It is a new world order with significantly different and radically new challenges. This is Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. This hour, Jan meets with two guests who are authors on the subject of the New World Order. Nathan Jones is with Lamb and Lion Ministries. Damon Duck is a prolific author writing about the One World System. Both men will be discussing with Jan what is coming to pass just as the Bible predicted. Here to get us started, Jan Markell. Welcome to the program. You know we look at news, views, truths from a decidedly biblical perspective. I have a unique hour today, and uh, as some of you know, I have an interest in what is often called the New World Order or the uh, coming One World System, and I've had that interest for a long time. I even made a DVD a year ago, Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order in Bible Prophecy. And the other product I'm really referencing heavily this hour, however, is uh, Terry James newest book called Deceivers, Exposing Evil Seducers and Their Last Day's Deception. And we've carried it for several months. It's extremely popular and it's very revealing. And it shows how deception is, is just manifesting in the church, the culture, the media, the schoolroom, politics, and more. I have two chapter contributors with me for the hour. They've written, I think, two very captivating chapters. We're going to get into each one, albeit very briefly with each one, and encourage you to get the book to get all the details. One of my guests is Damon Duck, and he's written a chapter on the deceitful New World Order, and that's where I'm going to begin our discussion. And the other guest I have for the hour is Nathan Jones. He writes about the foreteller fabricators. Again, we're going to talk about both topics. And let me just say one more word here as it concerns my own personal interest in this subject matter. And what intrigued me was the 2016 election. And the reason that so caught my eye is that a nationalist, Donald Trump, defeated virtually the entire globalist agenda and let's just say the globalist promoters around the world because they assumed that arch-globalist Hillary Clinton was going to be winning that election and I guess God had other ideas. Gentlemen, both of you, welcome to the program. 
Well, let's start, and, and Nathan, you feel free to step in here too, but I'm starting with, with Damon Duck's chapter, and it's titled New World Order Wizardry. Gentleman Nimrod was the first globalist. He thought a one-world government was just fine, but he needed to be the head of that one-world government, and that is the problem, I think, with every globalist. They think they want to be in charge. But Damon Nimrod was a type of the end-time Antichrist. Christ, correct? Yes, he was. He was a grandson of Noah. Yes. His name Nimrod means rebel. He was a mighty hunter, a mighty rebel, and he is a type of the Antichrist. And he did try to establish a one world government and a one world religion at the Tower of Babel. Well, you know what? God didn't think that was a very good idea. I mean, he put a halt to it. He confused the languages. So it didn't go over, and it's, it's, it didn't go over very well throughout history because a lot of other people tried it. I'll get into that in just a moment. But this type of corrupt government and religion, I mean, and then it spread worldwide thanks to what happened there under Nimrod. Right, it did. The deceit started with Satan in the Garden of Eden, yes, and world yes. government and world religion started with Nimrod at the Tower of Babel. And God did. He noticed that they were trying to build a tower to heaven. Uh, there was all kinds of perversion and sin going on there. Uh, goddess worship, sexual activities going on there. They had uh, figures that they adorned there, and astrology, astronomy. Right. They had witchcraft. They had sorcerers. And God came down. He, he scattered the people. He confused their tongues, and he scattered them all over the world. Nimrod was trying to establish a world kingdom. God had told him to scatter, and he tried to. Keep, Nimrod tried to keep everybody there. He uh, tried to have his own kingdom and have the people not scatter, and he impacted the worship and got the people away from God, and it was just disastrous. Damon, you write, I'm reading here from page 175, again, the book Deceivers, and you write, I think you summed it up very well here, you say many globalists don't see themselves as evil people or people who are rebelling against God. They see themselves as enlightened people who are working to stop war, famine, hatred, discrimination, disease. They believe they are going to to standardize wages and end war and end poverty. They would never admit that they are influenced by Satan or his demons, but they view Christians as narrow-minded, hateful, bigoted, and a threat to global government and global values. So they are willing to pass laws to restrict Christians and to break the bans laws and values that tie them to the word of God. But that is what jumped out at me when I was studying the one world system is they think, Nathan Jones, they think that their plan, their scheme here is going to be perfection on earth. Such delusion. It's like watching an old episode of Star Trek. Um, that was Gene Roddenberry's passion, was to see mankind evolve, so to speak, past their weaknesses, get more morally, at least from humanist perspective, and create this benevolent interstellar union, the Confederacy, that would take over the world and there'd be peace and harmony and all that. And it totally neglects the point that that never works, and that is human nature is deceptively evil, and we will always end up destroying that. So it's interesting that you brought up that particular paragraph to Damon Rogan. Damon, I thought that was the best paragraph in your whole chapter, because it's true. They think they're the good guys. They think they're bringing peace and righteousness and justice to the world, but in their fallen natures, as we read in Revelation, they're only bringing destruction. And they certainly don't want to make America great again. I mean, they want all of us to be citizens of the world, and we 
we need to get that through our heads. And that's why the uh, globalists of the world were hoping that Hillary Clinton would win back in 2016 uh, because they are indeed globalists. And, you know, Damon and Nathan, when we start talking like this, we can sound very conspiratorial. But honestly, there is a conspiracy in the Bible. It's outlined in Revelation 13. It's going to be run by an antichrist and a false prophet. And we're not conspiracy-minded, but uh, the Bible outlines a plan that is quite sinister for those who are left behind. It is sinister. They are trying to establish a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world economic system. Of course, we know that one-world economic system morphs into the mark of the beast and that kind of thing, so people can track all buying and selling. I found it interesting recently, Jan, I may be departing from the book a little bit, I guess I am, that President Trump met with President Putin of Russia, and I read that the two agreed to oppose the New World Order. President Trump is a nationalist, a patriot. He wants to make America great again. President Putin, he's a nationalist. He wants to make Russia great again, maybe even recreate the Soviet Union. And they don't want these globalist elite that are trying to form the new world order to rule over them and tell their nations what they can do and what their religious values should be and what their economic system should be and things like that. They want to keep their nations independent. But I thought it really interesting that two of the most powerful nations on earth, the leaders of these two nations, now recognize the threat of the new world order. It is real. It is not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. I'm drawing material for today's programming, again, from the book that Olive Tree carries. Deceivers Exposing Evil Seducers and Their Last Day's Deception. I happen to have a chapter in there, and I've got two other authors who have contributed chapters in the book Deceivers. Terry James is general editor. I have Nathan Jones. He's from Lamb Lion Ministry. I was just down to Dallas in recent weeks and ministered at their prophecy conference. Nathan, wonderful job, by the way. I know you had a thousand and you had a lot more viewing live stream. You folks did a wonderful job, and thank you for doing it. Well, thank you for being part of it, Jan. Your presentation was the most viewed of the presentations from the audience uh, that was online. So we just praise the Lord for you coming down. Thank Thank you you. for being part of our conference. Damon Duck is a a prolific author and uh, has Prophecy Plus Ministries. Uh, Let me read another paragraph that you've written, Damon. And this this concerns just how this movement has been, well, let's just say has proliferated. And you write this on page 174. This was staggering. I knew some of this. I didn't know all of it. you say globalists have now created the World Bank, the International Criminal Court, the International Monetary Fund, the Bank for International Settlements, the World Trade Organization, the World Health Organization, the World Court, among others. They have held meetings and pushed through treaties, often through deceit. The United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, the UN Conference on Environment and Development, the Earth Summit, the Convention of Biological Diversity, the World Conference on Human Rights, the World Economic Forum, the UN International Conference on Population and Development, the World Conference on Women, the World Food Summit. I have not even listed them all, folks. And then it goes on to list the groups uh, that are involved, the Bilderbergers, the Club of Rome, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, the Illuminati, for years referring to these groups as the shadow government would get a person labeled as a conspiracy theorist. Again, I think shadow government is a very appropriate term because I just read a a partial list of what the world government movers and shakers have already created. Trans-Pacific Partnership, the Paris Climate Accords, 
I've just named a few. Uh, Nathan, I find that staggering. I really do. I've never followed much about the whole Illuminati or stuff like that. Here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we try to stick to the Bible and the Bible right. alone when preaching Bible prophecy. But I kind of had my eyes open to this when I was watched an interview of an accountant who works for these type of organizations. And he was being interviewed, and usually if you talked about this, you would be dead. And they pretty much burn out after five years anyway. But he was saying about 3,500 well-connected, wealthy people are the actual government behind the government. They're the movers and shakers that push local governments and, and national governments towards a one-world order. And i got to say that that really opened my mind to it. And then, of course, reading your chapter, Damon, that opened it up even more. The fact there are movers and shakers bigger than just the governments we elect. Let me just play a clip, and, and you're going to hear the voices of some of the movers and shakers. And it starts out with uh, President George H.W. Bush. You're also going to hear the voice of John Kerry. Henry Kissinger, David Rockefeller, and George Soros. Those would be four prominent promoters of a one-world government. Folks, there are so many names I could give. If you want more names, look into my own DVD, A Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order and Bible Prophecy. I'm not here to promote that this hour. It's just there are so many names, and here's just a few. They're in their own words right here. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Never before has a new world order had to be assembled from so many different perceptions or on so global a scale. There also exists an extraordinary opportunity to form for the first time in history a truly global society. And this present window of opportunity during which a truly peaceful and interdependent world order might be built will not be here for open for too long. Are you optimistic a global system can happen, it, from what it, we've heard so far. It, it could happen, and in fact, it's in the works. Okay, that was the voices, the voices of George H.W. Bush, John Kerry, Henry Kissinger, David Rockefeller, George Soros. You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio, if you're wondering what you've tuned into, and you might have tuned in late. I'm Jan Markell, and I have on the line, from Dallas, for sure, Nathan Jones, Lamb Lion Ministries, ChristinProphecy.org, ChristinProphecy.org, and also Damon Duck, and they have both contributed again to the book Deceivers, and I'll give more information as we close the program about that book. But, but Damon, here's the thing. Even David Rockefeller said that all we need is the right crisis and we will have global government. I believe that crisis is going to be the rapture of the church. However, I think these people could be looking at global warming or this this man-made environmental catastrophe that they've, global warming, climate change, whatever. Would you agree with me that that's probably what they're looking at? Yes, I do. They were planning on using that. That is a scam. They use fake data, all of that kind of thing. It is the kind of deception that we're talking about, and they're trying to deceive the people into thinking that we have to have, you know, you know, clouds and rain and natural disasters don't know borders and things like that. We need to have one government that can transcend borders, do away with borders, and solve these problems. And it's a scare tactic as far as I'm concerned. But it's turned into a religion. 
I mean, the religion of environmentalism, and, and all three of us want to be environmentally sensitive, obviously, but these folks have taken it so far and turned it into a form of worshiping nature. Yes, it's not science. They really rejected true science, I think. It's more accurately described as a religion. It's a devotion to the shared belief that a handful of highly intelligent humans can preserve this earth and transform it into a heaven on earth by, run by like-minded people. Um, they've got such people as Pope Francis involved. That's right. That's there right. you've got collusion, if you want, if I can use that word, collusion, between the church and state. And, uh, of course, we find when we get into Revelation 17 and 18 about mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. There's collusion between the religious system and the political or economic system, and that's what we have right now, that kind of collusion to bring in this world government. We know that the Bible teaches that it will, at one point, they'll have ten kings, and uh, then it will go down from the ten kings to the Antichrist and the false prophet, and then it'll go from the Antichrist and false prophet to Satan. This is a satanic religion. They will be Satan worshipers, and they will persecute and kill believers during in the tribulation period. They'll get control of the economic system and they'll use uh, the threat to not let people buy and sell to force people to take the mark of the beast. And they'll track everything. And of course, we see all that tracking, that ability to track everything coming on the scene with technology today. It's the voice of Damon Duck, who has contributed a chapter into the book Deceivers. The chapter is titled New World Order Wizardry. And he writes this, I'm quoting him, power is being concentrated in the hands of a small group of people who agree with the globalists. It will soon be concentrated in the hands of 10 globalists that scripture calls the 10 kings. Then it will be narrowed down to just two people, the Antichrist and the false prophet. You know, Nathan, I've had a sense that in every generation, Satan has tapped someone to be the Antichrist because he doesn't know when the end is. He, he's looking at science like we are. I mean, Satan's goal all along is to have God's creation, humanity, worship him in place of God. And so his scheming has been never-ending all 6,000 years of history. It continues. Uh, of course, he always has a man that he works through, which yeah. we will call the Antichrist. The Bible calls many Antichrists. And there's always been one in the wing because Satan does not, he knows Bible prophecy probably better than most of us do, but he, for some reason, maybe because of his ego or self-delusion, believes that he will one day overthrow God. Yeah. So he continues on his mad plan to try to take over the world. Well, you know, and there are some other options for this crisis that these folks want. Again, uh, David Rockefeller has been quoted as saying, all we need is the right crisis and we will have global government. I mean, it could be a financial crisis, could be a massive natural disasters, weather-related problems. Actually, we see some of that in the last couple of years globally. And then, as Damon Duck pointed out, when you've got the voice of Pope Francis weighing in here uh, saying, you know, the sky is falling. In his case, I think he thinks literally. A lot of people are paying attention. And I have just, I've always considered the environmental movement folks and the global warming folks to kind of be useful idiots of the globalists. And so I was interested to hear Damon state that uh, the greatest deception the globalists are probably going to pull on everybody outside of the Antichrist himself will be the climate change kind of 
gimmickry that's been going on here since Al Gore made it popular probably 20, 25 years ago. I'm going to take my first break. When I come back, I want to probably transition just a little bit because, Nathan, you have written a chapter that we need to talk about. You give me the title of it, Foreteller Fabricators. I'll get that yeah, right. And don't blame me for that. <laughs> Terry James came up with all our titles and assigned them to us, right, Damon? That's, that's <laughs> right. true. The Foreteller <laughs> Fabricators. I what I know a little bit about, but I, yes, I exactly. tried to do what he wanted me to do. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll come back just a couple of minutes, and I want to get into the Foreteller Fabricators. It is fascinating, and again, you can find Find the book in my bookstore. You can call us here in, in my office, uh, Business Hours. You'll find the book in my print and e-newsletter as well. I think that, frankly, I think it's one of the more intriguing books I've ever read. And I'm taking myself out of the picture there, but I'll name some of the other authors as we move into the balance of the program. Coming back in just a couple of minutes. Every weekend, Understanding the Times Radio provides you with information and resources to help you define these last days and to discern between what is from God and what is not. We want our listeners to know how important all of you are to us. We thank you for your prayers and faithful financial support. For more resources, visit our website at olivetreeviews.org. You can see who is speaking at this fall's Understanding the Times conference. You can also find out how to live stream that September 29th event free of charge. You can order your own compact disc recording of today's program with Nathan Jones and Damon Duck when you phone 763-559-4444. When you call, ask about our CD subscription program. This broadcast ministry is listener-supported. All your gifts are tax-deductible. Please write to us at Olive Tree Ministries, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, Five five three one one. Stay with us for more from Jan and her special guest right after this. Understanding the Times 2018 is almost sold out now. Why don't you consider getting a group together to live stream the event at your computer or perhaps put it on a big screen? There is no cost or registration involved for streaming. Our speakers include Amir Sarfati, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Pastor Billy Crone, Pastor J.D. Farag, and Eric Barger. We will help you understand that nothing is falling apart. In fact, things are all falling together. Events that could be interpreted as chaotic and dark are really a herald of his return. We'll also help you contend for the faith. Fellowship with like-minded is essential for spiritual health and to stay optimistic and looking up. Our event and live streaming is Saturday, September 29th, but you will be able to access the archived programming following that event. I promise our speakers and their topics will keep you focused on the bigger picture. God has everything under control. The King is coming right on time. He's never early, he's never late, and he wants none to be left behind. Understanding the Times Radio is a weekly connection to the important issues facing our world as seen through the lens of the Bible. When many have abandoned the truth, we are pursuing it. Join us every week at this time. 
So when the Bible is talking about that globalization is what to expect in the last days, you know, if you spoke about globalization 30 years ago, you would have been relegated to the fringes of society, to the, to the margins of society. There is one conspiracy that we all must understand, and that is the conspiracy of Satan against God and his people in the last days. He collaborates with various organizations and entities that fulfill his agenda, and they are working to pin you into a corner so that you have no place to go. On Understanding the Times Radio today, you're hearing from two authors and experts on the New World Order, Nathan Jones and Damon Duck. Let's return to their conversation. Again, here's Jan. crime syndicate established by the ruling elite, the richest people in the world, the 1% that controls over 80% of the world's uh, wealth. These are the people who want to set up a one world government so they can have more power in less people's hands. The New World Order is also a controversial new film that goes behind the scenes of the American anti-globalization movement. It's a documentary focusing on those fighting what they claim is a secret group of a wealthy elite which effectively runs the world. Luke Rudowski is one of those who says he is a fighter for truth. We're not crazy people, we're people who just want the truth from our government and it shows our struggle to get the message out to the American people and it also shows, a, shows our success, how we been right all this time and how we're getting more and more popular. Okay, well, again, welcome back. And we've been talking about the New World Order, quite frankly, and the kind of the goal to set up a one world government. If it sounds conspiratorial, I'll tell you, it's in the Bible. You can read the book of Revelation. Primarily, you'll see it there heavily in Revelation 13. A one world government is coming. We just don't know the exact timing of it. And I have on the line, I have one of the contributors to the book, Nathan. Jones. He is with Lamb Lion Ministry, and ChristinProphecy.org is the best way to reach him. And also Damon Duck, they've both contributed a chapter, and we've been talking heavily here in the first segment. We're going to wrap it up, this topic anyway, in just a few minutes. We were talking a little bit off air here, and uh, you mentioned to me, Damon, the politically induced religion that MIT is actually talking about. We're going back here now to environmentalism, the global warming, the climate change, and how all of those people are being used. I I call them useful idiots of the globalists. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about what you learned. Well, the globalists, I believe, have uh, taken a lot of phony data and they've called it settled science. Mm -hmm. There's nothing settled about it other than the fact that much of the deception was generated by hired guns, if I can use that expression. Thousands of highly qualified scientists call it pseudoscience meaning it's bogus, it's contrived, it's misleading, it's not real. It's climate change hoax, sometimes some people say. Reputable groups have made studies that document the deception of the climate change dogma. One study is called Information Manipulation and Climate Agreements, published in the American Journal of Agricultural Economics. People can Google that. John Coleman, I think he's deceased now. He was the highly respected founder of the Weather Channel, and he referred to it as global warming silliness, And he said the science behind it is fake and sheer nonsense. 
And the United States Department of Agriculture has gotten involved in this, and they've directed their people to stop using the words climate change and start talking about weather extremes. So some globalists have admitted that some of their data is wrong, and that bothers them, but not enough to switch sides. They cling to their false data and continue to deceive people because they think that their ultimate goal is a good one. So it's just a scam. It's deception. That's all I know to say about it. It's very dangerous. The Bible predicts it. It looks like we're getting close. I think a lot of the opposition to President Trump that we hear in the media is because uh, the globalists consider him a threat to the new world order. They own a lot of the media, interests in the media and things like that. They influence what the media has to say. And they're attacking him and trying to get rid of him because they're committed to bringing in that new world order. And, of course, we know the Bible teaches that it's going to happen. Again, we've been playing off the chapter New World Order Wizardry uh, because the Bible is clear that a new world order is coming. There's obviously a wonderful one on the horizon that's going to follow the seven-year tribulation where things are going to go very haywire under the rule of Antichrist. He has an ignominious reign of just seven years. So after that comes the glorious 1,000-year rule of Jesus Christ on earth. Pretty much perfection on earth. But, you know, let me just translate transition a little bit because, Nathan, uh, you have written about the foreteller fabricators, and eventually what I want to get to is is to how some are twisting the eschatology message and coming up with eschatology-type theologies that are so terribly off-base. But you say this, uh, let me just quote you, because you dwell heavily here on the false teachers and the deceivers that you've written about, and you say false teachers are actually the most prolific end-times sign that Jesus taught. Many will arise in the last days who will deceive multitudes with, frankly, heretical teachings, etc., saying, I am Christ. You start, Nathan, by naming the names of some who've done that successfully so far. You name Joseph Smith, Charles Russell, Jehovah's Witness, Jim Jones, People's Temple back in 1978, the original Kool-Aid dispenser guy, Gene Dixon, David Koresh, Sun Myung Moon, Benjamin Krem. Talk to me just a little bit about how you came up with your original list here? Well, uh, it all stems from Jesus' last day teaching in the temple. It was Matthew 24, it parallels Luke 21 and Mark 13, where the apostles were just shocked. Jesus had a message. He gave a prophecy. He said uh, in verse 6, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. So here are these these fishermen, these, these peasants, really, are looking at the greatest structure they've ever seen. It's supposed to be the home of God. And Jesus just pops their bubble and says, hey, this temple is going to be destroyed so much so that not one stone will even be left upon another. And that blew their minds. So they finally ended up asking Jesus three questions. They asked him, when will the temple fall? What will be the signs of the end of the age? And what will be the sign of Jesus' coming? And Jesus answers each of these three questions with a prophetic perspective. In other words, he answers when uh, the signs that lead up to when the temple falls, which we all know historically is 70 A.D. Mm-hmm. It will lead up to the rapture of the church, which is the end of this church age, and it answers the signs of the times that lead up to the second coming at the end of the tribulation. And he gives us ten signs, false messiahs, wars and revolutions, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, fearful events, both social and economic, signs in the sky, the persecution of Christians, and the fall 
all of Jerusalem. Look at that, Jan. The number one sign that he started with, and the most prolific, like you said, was false Christ, false teachers, and false messiahs in the last days. Well, you even indicate, I mean, you've named a lot of names here, but you go on to say it's just a classic, just a short list of the classic false messiahs, because there are actually more than 1,200 modern-day false messiahs and false prophets, and just naming their names and what they represent reveals the incredible deception of just the last, say, 200 years, and we can even scale that down to the last 50 years. Well, Watchman Fellowship, they're a co-watching yes. website. They identify 1,200 religious organizations and mm-hmm. beliefs in the United States, and get this, 500 registered cults, 500 <laughs> cults in the last day. So we have been seeing cults proliferate, false teachers, people with the boldness, like some young moon, to claim, or David Crash claim that they're Jesus Christ. I mean, it's right. amazing. And, and they're more and more proliferating, just as Jesus said, and that would be one of the number one signs that we'd recognize, of course, after the Jerusalem becoming uh, the capital of Israel and Israel becoming a nation again and a, a uh, convergence of signs together. But number one on his list there was false prophets. And, Jan, we are seeing an incredible amount of false teachers, false prophets, and the reason is this. They're trying to create a lot of noise mm-hmm. so people don't hear the truth, which is Jesus Christ. And I think that was the whole point Terry James had when he tried to put this, assemble this book together. Now, well, over a year ago, Deceivers Exposing Evil Seducers and Their Last Day's Deception. He's playing off just what you have very appropriately stated, Nathan. It's overwhelming. 1,200 modern-day false messiahs, prophets, organizations, many of them saying, I am Christ, I am Jesus. Amazing. Just amazing. Well, look at Russia. Sergei, the Vizarian Christ, his followers call him the Vizarian. And he goes around saying that he's the reincarnated Christ who gives new life. He's got a community of the United Faith in Russia. They have mm-hmm. 50,000 adherents across 83 communities. And he teaches them vegetarianism and reincarnation and to prepare for the uh, coming apocalypse. And that's a theme amongst all these guys, is they're all anticipating some kind of coming apocalypse, some coming one world order, as Damon wrote about. And even though they all have a different message. It's the same message as the message Satan's giving them. I'm coming and I'm going to take over the world. Well stated. Damon, you want to weigh into this, this uh, foreteller fabricators? My goodness. Well, it's been going on a pretty good while, yeah. and it's going to go on right right up to the end, and the Antichrist is going to be a false Christ, right. and it is deception, it is deceit, that kind of thing, and that's what's being used to bring in the New World Order. That's all I know to say about it, Jan. Yes. It's evil. It looks like we're getting close. I think President Trump may be a gift of God to delay this just a little bit, but we don't know whether President Trump will be in office much longer or whether we'll have he'll have the support of the House and Senate. We're in a dangerous situation. Uh, the church is out of here before the Antichrist comes to power. If we're close to this world government, then we're even closer to Jesus coming back for his church. Right. And Satan is trying to prevent the true kingdom. I'm talking about the kingdom that Jesus will establish when he comes back. He will establish a world government and a world religion, and Satan will be bound in chain for a thousand years, and rebellion and lying and deceit and soothsaying and black magic and witchcraft and uh, false gods and goddesses and persecution of believers and all of this is going to cease. 
it's going to cease. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I believe we're getting close to it. I'm ready to say hallelujah, praise the Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord. It's coming and we're close. Yep, well, things aren't falling apart. They're all falling into place every day. We see it more and more. You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio. If you just joined me, I'm Jan Markell. I have on the line from Dallas, Nathan Jones. You can find out more about Lamb Lion Ministries, lamblion.com, christandprophecy.org. Try to catch their weekly television program on a lot of Christian networks. You don't want to miss that. Uh, Dr. Dave Reagan and Nathan Jones have been privileged to be a part of their TV outreach a year ago now. It's very, very effective. And Nathan, since I'm kind of going in that direction, because you also talk about in your chapter here, you talk about the uh, eschatologically confused. In other words, those who don't have their end times aligned right, and that's an understatement. They are confused, and they're confusing others, and that is the tragedy. And you name names here, and I'm going to name a couple of names, and we're going to talk about it real briefly, just in the interest of time. And we all know the Harold Camping fiasco of 2011. Um, he was a date setter, and you list him. We had Edgar Wisenhunt back in 1988. You also name Irvin Baxter, and I'm asked about him all the time. He's all over Christian television. Talk to me about why you consider him to be kind of off base. Well, it's not just the people that Jesus prophesied would would claim to be false Christ and false messiahs for the purpose of confusing people. There's ones who I believe are eschatologically confused already, mm-hmm. and therefore they confuse others, and they have quite a lot of following. You mentioned Irvin Baxter, and the reason for this is I like to think they suffer from a disease, which I like to call symbolicali, a desire to interpret Scripture symbolically. You know, they have a disturbing inability to believe that God knows how to communicate. They have a compulsive desire to strip Bible verses away from their context. They have sudden spasms of detective work searching for hidden meanings. They manically mythologize the Genesis creation and Revelation end times accounts, and they end up having delusions of grandeur, playing God by deciding what the Bible truly does or does not mean. And I find this frequently, obviously Harold Camping thought his math would add up to the coming of Christ three different times, but Irvin Baxter is one of the worst suffering from symbolicality of all the Bible teachers out there, because he doesn't take a literal seven-year tribulation as Daniel prophesied, and he spreads out the tribulation to be basically since World War One, but then they'll say the tribulation is really the only three and a half years, and then they'll say, well, the, the white horse that comes out, that represents this. The, the red horse represents communism. I mean, whatever comes mm-hmm. to mind, that's what he says. And so he creates this very confusing tapestry of Bible prophecy, and it pulls people away from the literal understanding of the Bible the way God means us to understand it. Very well put. Another one you touch on, and lots of people have seen him again on Christian television, YouTube. They might even have attended a seminar put on by Doug Batchelor, Seventh-day Adventist Theology, and you explain that Adventists, I, I didn't know this, believe the end times began in 1844. They do hold a replacement theology, the Church is Israel. Uh, the Battle of Armageddon is waged between the truth um, Sabbath keepers who would keep it on Saturday versus those who keep the Sabbath on Sunday. They follow Ellen G. White. And uh, Nathan, lots of people see Mr. Batchelor in various ways. Doug Batchelor is probably, in his following, Seventh-day Adventist, if you want to call it a denomination, is probably the most passionate about Bible prophecy of any of the denominations I run to after, say, Calvary Chapel. But what they believe in is a failed prediction of the return of Jesus Christ in 1844. 
So what they did then is they, they just claimed that, well, as they usually do, it was a spiritual return of Christ, and he's up there busy, he's taking notes, and he's getting ready for this great judgment. And the people who will be the persecutors, the antichrist of the tribulation, so to speak, are those who go to church on Sunday. I mean... <laughs> I don't know about you, but it, that, that means the rest of us are the Antichrist, not yep. them. And so it's, it's a false teaching, it's a false belief based on a failed premise, a false uh, uh, prophecy that obviously did not happen, and they do a lot of damage. Matter of fact, they know they do a lot of damage because when they hold conferences, they won't even tell you they're Seventh-day Adventists right. until you get to night seven, and then they'll spring it on you. They'll say, well, if you're going to church on Sunday, you're of the devil, you're not one of us. It, it's almost a cult. Well, I, I learned a lot. I lear- Frankly, I learned a lot in your cha- both chapters, really. And here's where I want to go. And Nathan, I'm, I'm going to kind of stick with some of your, well, about the eschatologically confused, because what you and I have seen, all three of us have seen in the last probably 20, 25 years is the rise of erroneous eschatology, preterism, kingdom now, dominionism, then the attack on the rapture, things like that. And I want to talk about that because I think that fits in. And, and I mean, you're talking about as well in your uh, chapter, Nathan Jones. Again, the chapter that we're talking about comes out of the book Deceivers. You can find it in my bookstore, olivetreeviews.org. And we're going to wrap this up. I have kind of a short segment coming up, and we're going to conclude our discussion. We've been talking about opening the program with the New World Order. Is there a shadow government? There really is. And that's not conspiratorial. It's just a fact. And we're kind of changing a little bit into some of the writing that Nathan Jones has done in the book Deceivers, and I'm going to wrap that up when we come back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. One of the ways we can stay in touch with you is through our website at olivetreeviews.org. You can gain access to our newsletter, e-news alerts, news headlines, all the resources in our web store, and a whole lot more. For your listening convenience at olivetreeviews.org, you can also download current and past radio programs. And at olivetreeviews.org, you can also contact us. There online, you can also give securely to help maintain this ministry in your neighborhood. You can also reach us by mail at Olive Tree Ministries, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Thank you for your faithful listening and giving to this radio outreach. I'm so pleased that this ministry is carrying the new book titled, Can We Still Believe in the Rapture? The co-authors are Dr. Ed Heinsen and Dr. Mark Hitchcock. I did not think I would ever have to ask such a question, but today many churches marginalize this message. Many scoff and mock about the glorious good news that the King is coming again, and perhaps today. Check it out in our web store at olivetreeviews.org. You can call us Monday through Friday and order it by phone, 763-559-4444, 763-559-4444 Central Time. It will be in our print and e-newsletter. Sign up online. Look for Can We Still Believe in the Rapture? We want you to rejoice in the hope of his return, and this new publication will help you do just that. Things are all falling into place. We want you to look up and know that his return is right at the door. 
teaching Bible prophecy would be one of the greatest things that a church could do to its congregants because, one, it gives them the hope of Christ's soon coming. Secondly, it motivates them to get the job done. That is to get out there and tell their friends and their family and their co-workers that Jesus Christ is coming. And then thirdly, it brings people great, great confidence. Confidence in knowing that God's Word never fails. It will never fail because what God has said in the past has been confirmed by His prophetic fulfillment. Study Bible prophecy and get excited about the future. In the last days, Paul writes to Timothy and says, they will not put up, they will not tolerate, they won't stand for sound doctrine. Rather, in lieu of that, they'll flock to teachers who will tell them what their ears are itching to hear. You know what our ears are itching to hear? You're a good person. You have a good heart. The hostility to sound doctrine in the last days. Here to wrap up today's conversation with authors Nathan Jones and Damon Duck, once again, Jan Markell. Okay, welcome back. I'm wrapping up an hour and talking to uh, two authors who have contributed to the book Deceivers. And let me just say a couple of things by way of announcements, and they're important. And some of you are having to uh, cancel your plans for uh, my Understanding the Times conference coming up Saturday, September the 29th. You need to turn in your tickets to Brush Fire. You need to call that 800 number, 888-338-5338. If you you've gotten tickets or a ticket, you can't come, call that number or go to brushfire.com and we'll give those tickets to someone else who just couldn't get one because we sold out here back in July. Our 4,300 venue is well filled up by now. Okay, this program is posted to my website every Saturday. I know you're running around like crazy, so if you don't have time to catch it on the radio, olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org, a new program every Saturday. Or use the mobile app at oneplace.com, and you can have a new program downloaded to your device, or you can just stream over at oneplace.com as well. And you can get a CD of any program, and you might want to think about becoming a CD subscriber. Okay, here's where I want to go, and our time is winding down rapidly, and I've enjoyed spending the hour with both Nathan Jones and Damon Duck. They are both, well, prolific authors and teachers, and I uh, respect so much the substance and the content about which they write. I read their writings various locations, but here's where I want to spend kind of some closing minutes, gentlemen, and I gave a tease in my last segment, and that is the rise of erroneous eschatology. Nathan, you kind of talk about this in your chapter on the foreteller fabricators. We've got the new popularity of uh, the kingdom now, dominionism, the church will make the world perfect. I think popularity of preterism. All prophecy happened in 70 AD. Who knew we missed it? Give me a break. You know, that stretches credulity, that particular theology. It does. There's a lot of different views. It's almost like a cacophony of, of different ideas and opinions about what the Bible teaches, and it ends up resulting burning out a lot of pastors. I, unfortunately, I encounter many, many pastors who said they had a real passion for Bible prophecy back in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s, uh, especially in the 90s when the Left Behind books came out, but they fell really to what Second Peter 3, 4 says, is where is the promise of his coming? Right. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So the Bible actually prophesied that when we fall into this Laodicean time period mm-hmm. of church, 
church history, people would start giving up on the idea of Jesus Christ returning. And we're seeing that more and more in the church. It's scary, it's, it's disillusioning, it's disappointing, but Jesus prophesied it. it. It was supposed to happen, and it is happening now. Absolutely. The other thing, I think, uh, gentlemen, is this uh, so-called, well, the post-tribulation, mid-tribulation, pre-wrath, rapture timing. And I think, uh, you know, what's so troubling about that is the those who want to contend with us uh, on rapture timing contend extremely contentiously. And I have found that very disheartening. Damon, perhaps you have experienced that as well. I have. I think they're sadly wrong. To me, concerning the rapture, first of all, the most popular passage in the Bible, I think, is First Thessalonians four thirteen through 18. And it begins with Paul saying, and he's talking for God, I would not have you ignorant brethren. He's talking to the church, and he says he doesn't want ignorance in the church on this subject. And he goes on to talk about the rapture. I think God knew that there would be a lot of end-time ignorance on the rapture in the church, so he's explaining it to us. And then he says, uh, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Some of these people that deny the rapture, they say Jesus never mentioned the rapture. Paul's saying, I'm talking about the rapture. This is the word of the Lord. And he tells us about the dead being raised and living being changed and caught up. He tells us to comfort one another Mm -hmm. with these words. And so a lot of people think it's a scare tactic, but you tell the person in the nursing home that's got dementia or can't go to the hospital or got cancer and they're afraid they're going to die or something like that, that they'll get a new body that will never be sick or never die. That's comforting to those people, and I think that's the ministry of the church. That's what we ought to be telling them. But to go on, uh, the chapter divisions and verse divisions were not there, and when you get into chapter 5, I think it's pretty clear if you look at the pronouns of we and they and us and them and all of that, that it's teaching the pre-trib rapture. It's when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. When the unbelievers say peace and safety, then sudden destructions come upon the unbelievers. So uh, they don't like that. It contradicts their, their thinking. It's false doctrine. It's satanic as far as I'm concerned. And I have run into it and a lot of pastors have run into it. A lot of church members are frustrated because their pastors won't preach about it and don't want them to preach about it, don't want them to invite speakers to teach on it and things like that. Well, I'm going to play just a clip here. It's a minute and a half clip. And and here's the thing. It's a stunning clip. I've played it. For that matter, Nathan, I played it at the conference, the Lamb Lion Conference a few weeks ago. And it's from a four-hour film called Left Behind or Led Astray, where what we believe is mocked for four hours in a very, very sad and tragic way. And we've got Joel Richardson, and Joel's a brother. I I know him well and appreciate some of the things he does, such as uh, his burden for Muslim evangelism. really appreciate that. But when I hear him say in this clip, pastors, if you aren't preparing your flock to face the Antichrist, it's the worst service you can do to your church members. To say that the world is in a state of shock this morning would be to understate the situation. Suddenly and without warning, literally thousands, perhaps millions of people just disappeared. What if the end of the world really isn't as so many have portrayed it? What if the church is not raptured to heaven before the Great Tribulation, as many are teaching? People from all over this planet simply vanished. What if the church has been left ill-prepared to face the Antichrist and the mark of the beast? What if Tim LaHaye's claim that if the pre-tribulation rapture is false, then the blessed hope will become the blasted hope actually comes true for millions of pre-tribulationists? 
What if millions who have been led astray by the pre-trib teaching become part of the great falling away that Jesus warned would take place at that time? Left behind or led astray, examining the origins of the secret pre-tribulation rapture features vital end-time insights from prophecy teachers Joe Schimmel, Jacob Prash, and Joel Richardson. The issue of the pre-tribulational versus the post-tribulational rapture is one of the premier pastoral issues of our day. If you're a pastor that's not preparing your people to face potentially the Antichrist and the Great Tribulation in this hour, simply because your denomination teaches it or whatever, personally I think you're failing in your role as a shepherd and a pastor. Nathan, you and I kind of talked about this uh, at your conference back a few weeks ago, and we talked a little bit about this particular clip, and then you kind of asked me, what's with the secret rapture? And I had to turn to you and ask you, you know what, I have no clue what the secret rapture is, because when it happens, it won't be a secret. Isn't that funny? Every time someone says there's no rapture, they always say, well, we're going around teaching a secret rapture. And I don't know about you, Jan, but I don't go around teaching a secret. I think it's not going to be secret at all. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be teaching about it. We'd be like, that's right. Don't tell anybody. But we're telling everybody. And it's not just going to happen and nobody notice. The Bible says that it will come with the archangel, shout a trumpet, people, millions across the planet will be disappear. I totally agree with you and Damon that the rapture is likely the event that gets people to unify around a global government. Certainly there'll be a delusion for those people and it's starting with this global warming religion and moving on into eventually antichrist worship. But yes, there's nothing secret about the the rapture. You write, Nathan, in your chapter, again, talking about the book Deceivers, you can find it in my web store. You write, what's most interesting about the sign of the false messiahs is that the plethora of false Christs, prophets, and teachers will disappear during the tribulation. All the foreteller fabricators of our day will be phased out, boiling down to just two men. And you are referring, of course, Nathan, to the Antichrist and to the false prophet and their wonderful new world order that they finally have. It's taken them a long, long time, but they're going to have that wonderful new world order. It won't be so wonderful for seven ignominious years. You know, what I find interesting, going back to the concept of the one world system, globalism, and this is what's been kind of uh, promoted and pushed for since Nimrod. That's thousands of years through all the organizations we listed early in the program, from the United Nations to the League of Nations, you name it. There are dozens of them, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of leaders, and they're all going to have seven years of fame. That's not a that's not a lot of time, gentlemen. No, not no, at all. It's not. You're going to have seven years of fame, followed by one thousand glorious years of the kingdom of Jesus Christ on earth. And you know, Jan, when you if you put a calculator to that, there's one hundred and forty three or so glorious years for every bad year, and so we're really mm-hmm. teaching a lot of really good news. That's right. Excite people. Yeah, that's right. Nathan, wrap it up. I've got about thirty seconds. Well, praise the Lord. If you are saved, if you're an overcomer, as they say in Revelation, you were promised to sit on the throne of God and rule and reign with him forever. What a God who would die for us so that we could be saved and have all the blessings of living with him forever, our sins forgiven. Praise the Lord. Amen. Folks, we live in an uncertain, unstable times. And while headlines can be a harbinger of his return, they can also be troubling and unsettling. The prophet Isaiah's wisdom in chapter 33, verse 6 is this. 
God will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. May it be your treasure as we watch the countdown to the end of the age. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. We'll talk to you next week, folks. Thank you for joining us for today's Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. Across America and across the World Wide Web, we continue to report current events from a biblical perspective. Every weekend, this broadcast comes to you at no cost, but it costs us thousands of dollars. As we produce and distribute this weekly media outreach, would you consider standing with us? With an ever-changing world, men and women of faith need to keep informed. They need to be aware of current events as viewed through the lens of Scripture. Week after week, Jan Markell brings you a compelling hour, pointing out the dangers in today's culture, bringing hope through faith in Jesus Christ. We're asking you to join us in this listener-supported ministry as our financial partner. Please write with your tax-deductible gifts to Olive Tree Ministries, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Contributions are also welcome at olivetreeviews.org or by phone when you dial 763-559-4444. Don't forget global updates with a biblical worldview are yours around the clock at olivetreeviews.org. We look forward to hearing from you soon. We appreciate your continued prayer support for Jan and her media team. Jan Markell returns next week with another information and inspiration-packed hour designed to help you understand the times. Whoa!